I had no intention, zero intention that this little personal, you know, this little passion project of mine would become a, become a book. Like that was by no means, it was purely about trying to, to feel a little better, to get a little better and to put something out there that was a little better. And then, then this is just, you know, gravy on top, right? Uh, it's just, it's just incredible. The Side Hustlers Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, we break down the art of healthy hustling, getting out of your own way, and growing your creative business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 240 of the Side Hustlers Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Scotty Russell, and my mission is to help you bet big on your creative pursuits, especially if you want to turn your side hustle into your main hustle. You can follow along with my latest art, design, and tips on mindset, motivation, and marketing on Instagram at Coach Scotty Russell and all things podcast at Side Hustlers Perspective. Today's overview. If your creative work isn't fun, it just becomes another mundane, soul-sucking day job, and that defeats the entire point and essence of this show. There's got to be some sort of source of enthusiasm, energy, and borderline healthy obsession for your craft to build a creative career around doing what you love long-term. This is all about the big picture, slow and steady grind, the long-term perspective. Today's guest is a great example of how curiosity, experimentation, and play are compounding catalysts for big opportunities. I'm talking about Tad Carpenter, who co-runs Carpenter Collective, a powerhouse design and branding studio with his wickedly talented wife, Jessica. They slay brand strategy, identities, illustrations, and more for behemoths like MTV, Ray-Ban, Target, and Macy's. Tad's also illustrated a gaggle of children's books that have become stapled reading material for my little kiddos, little Scotty the Third, and my little Emma, each night. Not only do we nerd out today over the power of personal projects like his latest Sunday Sons book release, listen to the outro as I'm giving away two copies of his book, but we also talk shop on the importance of play and creating for yourself, leveraging your day job and learning your industry diversifying your creative outlets and skill sets, the power of planting seeds with your working relationships, as well as non-gross cold outreach, constraints, parenting, and so much more. My goal with this episode today is to convince you to carve out time to create for yourself because you never know what big breaks it's going to lead to. Before we get started, could you just do me a solid favor, please? This show grows because of dope souls like you sharing the good word with your family, your friends, or your following. And it would mean the world to us if you took a screenshot or a video of you working to this in the background. And tag us over on Instagram stories at Side Hustlers Perspective, tag Carpenter, so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. What's going on? I am super fortunate and stoked to say that I have Tad Carpenter on today. Tad, how you been, man? What's new? I'm doing good, Scotty. Good to, good to see you. Good to hear your voice, man. Uh, I'm doing well. It's uh, about that time. We're in the same Midwest, and I'm not a huge fan of this weather, but yeah, we were just talking about daylight savings oh. time. It's just totally tripping us up and our kids up and everything like that, so. Dude, it, like, I never... Uh... As a, as a guy, you know, before kids, daylight savings was never a big deal to me at all. <laughs> but then you have a child and you're like, yeah, man, I'll, every, I hope everybody enjoys that extra hour of sleep because uh, us parents are going to be a wreck for about 10 days trying to get these little minds back on 
whatever routine it is we've been working years on to try to, try to get it all kind of balanced. So and that's the thing. He's a maniac right now. Yeah. I operate strictly off routines and we have our whole kids with routines. And yes, it's been just a, a nice little curveball. But for me, I'm just really, really stoked to catch up as this year, this episode's been easily, I would say over a year in the making potentially. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. We've been emailing for a minute for sure. It's been back and forth, but you've been busy. I've been busy trying to navigate a pandemic, self-employment, two kiddos. You always had to seem to have some kind of book launch or something big going on. And I'm going to be honest, going back to, I think it was crop 2017. I briefly got a chance to connect with you there. And I'll be honest, I kind of avoided you because I was hella intimidated. I had mad imposter no. syndrome just from like you and everyone else. Like I, I didn't know why I belonged there, sharing a stage with people like you that I looked up to. So it's just crazy. super dope that I get a chance to finally connect with you here. And that's why I'm really, really grateful for your time. And I'm glad we we're finally able to make this work. That's why I pestered you to make up for that time. I was too sheepish to, you know, attempt to connect. So... Well, I didn't get that vibe at all when we, when we all got to hang out there. That was a that was a fun one. It was a little Star Trek, just a little Iowa boy. I'm like, oh my gosh, like these are all the people I follow on Instagram and have their books. I'm like, okay. You're talking to a Kansas kid here, so you know, don't 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 sweat that. But um, yeah, man, that was a fun. God, it's it's fun to. I mean, that's. I mean, you you just you just spelled out why creative conferences are so special. Like in in the first place, it's. I mean, yes hearing people talk about their kind of um, their projects and their approach to creativity and like all these things is super cool. Don't get me wrong, but like the value of those experiences are what you just described, which is like all of us getting to meet in person and, and like share a beer or share a meal or share a conversation or, you know, whatever, like that's the value. That's what makes those things so unique and special is, is those little moments. Like I don't, like, I, I very rarely like get to listen to all the talks and lectures or like those aren't even the things that end up like sticking in my mind at all. I'm going for the conversations, the dinners, the after parties where I can double fist, double Tito's and cut a rug, you know, and exactly. it's like all my best friends are now people I've met at conferences or people I bring on the show just out there head hunting, trying to get new friends. So <laughs> seriously, it's funny as I get older, like the I don't know what this says about me, but like the older I get, the more I want my friends um, to also be be like creative in some way as well. And that doesn't have to be just be graphic design by any stretch of imagination. But like, I just love surrounding myself with other people that are um, out there making things. You know, one of my best friends is a musician and it's amazing the crossovers and the similarities of design and music in regards to how what their process is in regards to how they sell their product you know with usage rights and and um the litigation of it and like all the things it's like it's so reflective. so it's i love being around other creative people just because it's it's there's such a fun energy to to that friendship and uh as we get older like you just said it's like it's funny how like all my closest buds like end up being like creative folks in some regard i don't think that's a um not intentional probably no i'm the same way and i think i want to approach this one today by one congratulations on your latest book which i want to get to and talk about but i don't want to be a big shill and be like hey everyone this is only about his book the whole time i'm like no i want to extract a bunch of value 
that way people are like, oh my gosh, I want more and I want to go get this book. So, well, I can't promise that they're in, they're in a world of trouble then, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, we, we got a lot of fart jokes lined up here. I'm sure that's probably about it. Trust me. I got this. I can guide this. Actually, I got a funny story of uh, <laughs> Brian French telling me like a funny story about you, like farting on his lap in a car, I think at creative South. Dude. Yeah, I can't. Was it you that told me that at crop? I think it was you that told me that at crop. Yeah, that was me. That was me. I couldn't remember if I said that or not to you. That was my. That was my in. I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what the hell to say. Fart jokes. I love poop jokes and fart jokes. I was meant to be a dad. A hundred percent. We're on the same level there. Like, and, it, and, it, and it's so funny because I remember you telling me that, and I remember asking Brian about it because I love. I had well, for, I love Brian and Kim French, the whole French family. Their parents are lovely people. They're, they're just a, a, just a lovely family. And uh, I remember talking to Brian about that. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, no, no, I've made that up. I've told like 30 people that story about you. And I'm like, it's not even real. No. So I'm breaking the ice with a breaking the wind joke that isn't, it's fabricated uh, fart joke. Uh, oh my God. 100%. He said that thing like stone face seriously. He was like, oh yeah, you're, you're going to love him. He's funny. Like tell him this story that I told you. At the same time, I've done some wild things with folks. So there could be a grain of salt. There could be a little, a little. Farted on someone somewhere. Right, right. No, I, I think Brian is just, man, I love that guy. And I, well, we're totally, uh, this is just going to be a, a podcast. It's time to make up a joke about tangents. Him. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. You know? Uh, I think about, I, I like, I'm so, I shouldn't say bummed, but like when I heard that the French family isn't involved in the French paper anymore, I don't know the whole, the whole story behind all that, but I was like, oh man, like, Hey, that's great for them. And, and then moving forward, I'm just like, bummed. I don't see Brian and Kim at like all the things anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where's the French paper booth? <laughs> exactly. and- Brian's still the type of guy who would still attend, though. I hope you're absolutely right. He's probably when we get something in 2022, ideally. Yeah, exactly. It's not like uh, I guess it was a perfect time to walk away because there's been nothing going on for two years, right? So what I want to do humanize someone like you, who people early on try to put on pedestals and then they get wrapped up in comparison, which is so ridiculous when you say it out loud. So I'm hoping we can go back a little bit and talk about the early days of your work when you were just finding your groove and how did you start getting people to notice your illustration work? How did you find your groove in terms of marketing yourself in a non-gross way? So if you could speak to the early struggle, so people are like, oh my God, okay, yeah, I'm not alone with this. And then what started to click? What did you do to start gaining traction with your work? Or what's like one of the immediate things you can think of? Right. Like, I mean, for me, I, uh, so my first, like, so right out of school, I got a job at a small boutique um, branding firm. And that was always kind of the vibe I, I responded the most to. I mean, that's why our studio is also like a small boutique design firm. And it's like, uh, I knew that was, um, I think it'd be the best fit for me. So right out of school, I worked at a small studio. And what I liked about it was you are forced to do everything. You know, you, you write copy, you design, you illustrate, you pitch you take out the trash you i mean you like kind of you kind of have to do everything and i personally responded to that um but while i was there i was i was i I was understanding that like i think i was meant to um to kind of start going out on my own and um and so by doing like i i had no (laughs) 
real strategy on how to do that. And I don't think people should ever feel um, behind the eight ball if they uh, if they haven't like have some incredible business plan written out. And like, you know, I've always heard this adage of, oh, you should have a, a year's worth of your potential salary saved up before you ever go out on. I think those are all great like things that would ideally be wonderful way to start a business. I didn't do any of that. Like I like, you know, kind of on the seat of my pants, just kind of ran out on my own. And uh, you kind of had like a an itch kind of like I had an itch, I guess that totally I could do this employee thing, but there's something else I'm supposed to do in a sense. 100%. And I knew it was uh, I was always thankful that I I waited longer than I probably should have opposed to jumping a little too early um, because uh, I think if you jump too early and you fail that second time, it's that much more challenging, I think, potentially. And so I wanted to make sure I stayed as long as possible, to be honest, to, to learn as much as I possibly could. Um, I always tell young designers, like, I, I know right out of school, you want to just like, you know, just go, you know, change the world and, and do it on your own. And if you can work for anybody for three to five years, it will be the most valuable three to five years, no matter what the financial implications are, just to absolutely uh, to learn this industry. My gosh, you're, you're getting paid to learn, um, which it's no fault of the universities and, and our schools. It's, they, they can't teach you those things in real, in real time. And so I think that's really important. And, and for me, when I, when I got out on my own and I literally didn't really have any clients, I, I kind of just started making dream lists of people who I, who I would love to work with. And um, I am a huge believer in that you should never be too proud to not reach out to the people that you think you'd be a good fit with and help whatever their cause is. And, and like, I started trying to find creative ways to reach out to some of those people that I thought I would be a good fit to work with. And um, I started doing, uh, at the same time, I started doing just things on my own. I was, I was doing a ton of screen printing at the time me and one of my best buddies started a screen printing shop and we were doing a ton of uh, gig posters and uh, band tours and like things like that. In addition to all my design work as well. Like, I think it's smart to create like little, um, little silos. I mean, Scotty, you're a good example, right? you got the podcast, but you also do your design work. Right. Um, you know, and it's like, I'm the same way. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's creating these little silos that you can lean on at times when sometimes something's lean, you still have something else going on over here. That's, that's, I mean, you know, you always hear, you know, those financial advisors talking about how important diversification is, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You want to diversify into this and that think you're creating Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah, there you go, man. Get, get that Bitcoin, get that, you know, no diversifying as many different creative outlets as you can um that's that's uh, that's a kind of a safe approach for sure so i started reaching out to some people and like i did it like way old school um you know i literally was <laughs> like super stocky and like would look up people on like you know it's so easy like we live in a time where it's so easy to find like someone's address someone's title someone's creative you know what i mean that's my wife she's a creep like that I, like I always tell people like my wife's really good at that as well. Like I always tell, tell people like, if you were like an amazing Googler, that should be like the first stat on your freaking, like, 
um, your resume because like there is an art and a skill to being able to like sift through all the things and like find like very specific information whether that's you know helping with you know building strategy for a client or researching whatever oh my god there's an art to that so man i would love to know a lot of uh like my students or people i talk to creative wise they struggle with that cold outreach you made that dream list what are like three ways that you went and pitched yourself in a non-gross way yeah, like, I mean, to me, I've been thinking about this lately because it's like... Or even how do you do it today or do you even need to? That's that's my question is like today. So like this was me doing this in like, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, like in that range. That was a very specific environment. But now my, my biggest question with how I used to do it versus now is um, no one works in offices right now, you know? we're all like kind of hybrid, like at least for us, I can speak to our studio. Like we're kind of doing a, a dual thing, like a couple days in the office, a couple days we're all at home. I'm at home right now. Um, you know, we kind of just like, you know, we're all kind of bouncing around, which I think a lot of big clients are that way too. Or to be honest, most like big corporations and big clients, they're all still completely remote at home, it seems like. So like when I was young and like trying to build my studio, I would make these like very elaborate kind of like packs almost to showcase work I did. And I would mail them directly to these people that I thought um, we could be a good fit together and that I could like potentially help. And um, it was incredibly beneficial. And now I'm like, oh man, I would love to work with that person. We should whatever but i'm like oh no one's in an office right now like how do i i was thinking about it like i was like oh i love to send out our, a little holiday gift at the end of the year to all our clients and people we've been working with throughout the year i'm like i don't even know where anyone is where like where what i don't know if that's a thing in this year again you know so so in regards to that i i don't know how you approach that you know especially like you know 10 years ago instagram wasn't wasn't a thing right um but i still think there's a lot of value to like how can you tangibly get in front of someone? Because I know like I get a lot of emails of like somebody saying, oh, I'm a young designer from X, Y, and Z. I'd love to help out in any way. And it, a lot of times it's not very, um, it's not very specific requests. It's just like a big, like, it's just a giant dart being thrown your way, which is fine. And I totally understand it. But the times that that has worked in our studio more like our current interns a great example she's crazy talented and she literally you know back in like april sent us an email and just was like incredibly intentional in what it was she was asking for and i think that's important is is being intentional in the communication that you you share with people and our our current intern her name's anna um so smart and and very talented and she was very intentional in her her request which was I'm, a, uh, I'm going to be a design. I'm going to be a senior this next year. Um, my strengths as a designer are this, and here's some examples of those work. The type of work I would like to continue to do is this. She goes, I'm available these days and these times. And <laughs> asterisk, I'm also fully vaccinated and ready to be anywhere you need me to be, you know? And all the way else, I was like so thankful for just like all the transparency, all the intentions. Like just like being pushed in front of me and saying, you know, where I'm like, oh, half of my questions right off the bat are kind of answered. You know what I mean? 
not to mention I can see your work. That's that's obviously something that has to be successful as well. And she just link to a portfolio site? 100%. Versus just packing your email with a heavy attachment? Do not, do not send like a 27 megabyte attachment or something like that. Yeah, like links, links, links. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, that was just in, that, in a more recent time and somebody that we hired, um, being intentional and in what you want out of it and like don't be afraid I, this is something that also it's like i i wish people wouldn't be afraid to do is like don't have to play it like cool you know like if there's somebody you really admire or there's something about the studio you're approaching that you think they do well i mean let them know and like i don't want to hire someone that first and foremost is not like an uber fan of just design like I want people that love design as much as I love design around me. You don't the have right kind of crazy. The right kind of crazy, absolutely, man. Like there's this is a weird profession we all chose to get into. Like you know, you should be able to not turn it off. Like I'm not gonna eat at that diner because the kerning on that logo is horrible. My wife now is like calling out kerning everywhere. I'm like, she's a keeper. She's a keeper. She sees it. She's a keeper. She gets it. She gets it, man. You know, she gets it. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I like to, I mean, especially when somebody's, you know, 21, 22, 23, like, boy, I hope you're enthusiastic about it. You know, I get it. Going through school is really hard and it does beat you down after, I mean, there's some, there's a lot of all nighters and a lot of like, you know, you really dig through some stuff, but my goodness, I hope you still have the enthusiasm to like, you know, you know that, that, that can take you really far in this industry. It's just enthusiasm. And, and, and excitement and high energy, you know, uh, and, and you hope to show, I would, I would always recommend showing that because those are the people that are going to get an interview or a callback or, or something is you, you can feel that even in something like a cold call email. So just to like wrap up, you may not think you dropped a bunch of little nuggets. So for someone who's just like pitching themselves or pitching the value they want to provide for some type of opportunity, be hella intentional. Communication skills are powerful. Be enthusiastic with some high energy uh, context, context, be super specific, but also be concise and pack it with links versus maybe not too many links, but pack it with links versus attachments. To me, that's all helpful. You know, speak toward the benefit that you can provide. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, uh, like it, it you know, it'd be wonderful if, if we had more, like my wife, Jessica and I, who run our studio, like we're always like, I wish we had more time to like really sit down and send like very thoughtful responses to either young designers or even, you know, experienced designers who reach out to us. I wish we had more time to respond like very thoughtful emails, but when so many are coming in, um, you have, you have to be able to react somewhat quick. And we try to respond to everyone, even if it's a thank you, we'll, you know, we'll be in touch or we'll, we'll continue to consider you, um, if we're not hiring at the moment, you know, but, um, God, when they're concise and you can really like digest it very fast and then go look at it at your own time. Um, yeah, there's a lot of value to that, I think, you know. Um, and I, man, I, I think as we as we move into 22 and, and, you know, we see where things are going, continue to think about like creative ways that you can get in front of people. I don't know what, I don't know what, that, I'm not smart enough to know what that answer is, but if that is, designing some sort of very unique object or very unique thing that could showcase who you are, 
of course a website and, and, and a social presence and things like that, I think are helpful, but like, what, what is it that you could maybe get in front of someone that they not, they're not going to throw away? You know, it's not just like a postcard. It's not just like, a, you know, whatever, something that they would actually maybe keep in their cubicle, cubicle, probably not the right word, but you know what I mean? Their, their space. Um, you know, I think that's important because most of the time when I've re ever reached out to people, and I think it's like this common perception that you you might reach out to someone and they're like, doo, 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 hello, I have a job tomorrow. Are you ready to go? You know, and it's like, it's never that way. It's normally, this is awesome. We'll keep you in mind. And it's all about planting seeds because that tree might grow in three months. I literally had people call me back years, years later and say, I remember this thing I saw of yours three years ago. And uh, it's always been sitting around and we've always kind of had your mind. And so you have no idea when that, when that seed's going to come to fruition at all, you know, um, which is actually kind of exciting, I think, but. For sure. I think that's both in sharing your work as well as touch points with building relationships. It's all just planting seeds at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Totally. The next thing I want to talk about, because you're a dad and this stuff gets me uh, pretty worked up and excited and emotional at the same time. But my favorite occupation by a landslide isn't being a designer. It's not being an artist. It's not being a coach. It's getting to be a dad. And I see that a lot in you. And that's what I really highly respect way more than just your design work. I love that you love being a dad. That's dope as hell to me. And it got me wondering this question. So I know your dad nurtured your creativity growing up. Like you're very, very fortunate. I don't really have a creative dad. But man, he like helped me out with sports and work ethic and everything, which carried over into my creative pursuits. So a cool question that I thought of was like, what are you doing with your kiddo right now, little Luca, to nurture his creativity? And, you know, one of the things that I'm doing just for fun right now is like I'm, I'm, I'm introducing him to like little things like barnyard friends. Who's that staying up late tonight? It's a barnyard bash. Woo. And we get crazy. Oh man. He's uh he's got great taste in literature already. I see. So that's a, that's a big like, one. Look, we got well-designed and illustrated books with a fun message. Oh, I'm man. Like, introducing you to like, or I'll like pop in a, a, a Lincoln design logo mayhem book or here's Draplin's book. Look through this too, but very carefully don't crinkle <laughs> the pages. But like, I would love to know what are you doing right now? With your son to nurture this, I thought, and what did your dad do with you? Oh, absolutely. No, I, well, you know, behind the scenes on that book that you held up there, like one of the, this is, this was a first that this had never happened to me before on the last spread of that particular barnyard bash. It's, so I did a, I did a board book series a number of years ago. And one of them is, um, is, 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 um, Yep, there they are. Oh man, look at you got the you got a, you got a set of them right there, man. A lot of them. There's a couple I'm missing right now, but dude, he loves these. Oh, that's good. That I mean, it's hard to go wrong with flaps. It's all about exploring and learning to to get better with your with your hands and your eyes. Um, it, it really is. But on that particular one, the, the, the barnyard friends, the last page is like uh, it's like a party. Like all the animals get together at the night at the end of the night and have a party, right? And it's a barnyard bash. It's a man. barnyard bash, man. That's what we do at the end of the day, man. You get your work done. It's time. To, it's time to let loose. Well, on the last spread, there's a goat. He's a DJ, and so he's got a little MacBook Pro, and he's a little DJ, right? Oh yeah, we're holding it up there, right? Um, for the for the YouTube watchers, there we for go. The YouTubers. So there's a goat, and he's like a little DJ. Well, inevitably, I design like a little. It's not the exact same thing, but it's like a little fake 
Apple logo to go on the back of the MacBook Pro. Just a, a very abstract Apple that goes on the back of it because it's a silver laptop he's DJing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say he's probably not using a Dell, but you know what I mean? Like, so I put this little fake icon on it. The books were fully printed, getting ready to be distributed around the around the world to all the various booksellers. And my publisher called me like, all right, we have a huge problem. There's an Apple logo on the back of that that uh, laptop on the last spread. Like we have to do something about it. And I was like, do something about it. The books are all printed, right? Like you said, they're getting ready to be distributed like in all your channels. So like there's a guy in Florida, they call him the book doctor. This happens all the time. Like they know you notice something at the end. We literally send we send crates of this book to this person in Florida and he just fixes things like that's just all he does. So if you look on that last page, there's a single um, foiled dot on the back of that laptop. And that foiled dot is purely there to hide the fake Apple logo. I accidentally put, put oh, on, that, <laughs> on that book. And thank you to the, the book doctor whoever that person is in somewhere in Florida crates of books just like one at a time Boink, one at a time foil stamping one little dot yeah and they were just like they were overly they the publisher was like we cannot be sued by Apple <laughs> I was like I hear you I, I'm sorry none of us you know all the art directors and editors and all the people never caught that in that particular book that's like a nice Easter egg though for the design community who are dads Exactly. Exactly. I love, like, I personally love like weird little Easter eggs um, on, you know, it's like shit like that is always going to happen, man. Like, it's just like, there's things like that that are going to occur. But um, back to your question too. It's like, yeah, I was, I had a very fortunate and you unique upbringing in that both my parents are creatives and um, my mom is a fiber artist and, and she does something called rug hooking, which is she dyes her own wool and then hooks, hooks these, these really beautiful um, wall hanging rugs. And then my father is a creative, he was a creative director most of his career, um, but he started as an illustrator and a writer. Um, and he worked for Hallmark greeting cards for nearly 42 years, his whole career at one place. Um, granted, he moved around within that, that, that giant company, um, but he spent most of his career um, all of his career there. And uh, most of his career was in their international division. So he, my dad was in charge of a lot of the creative, if not all of the creative happening outside of the United States. So all the subsidiaries and studios that were creating Hallmark greeting cards around the world were reporting and coming through my father as a creative director. So I also got to spend a lot of time overseas with him. Um, you know, we got to spend, go to Japan and uh, all kinds of places. And uh, what was unique about that is like, because I remember going to Japan with my dad, I think it was nine, I was 19 when we did. And I already knew I really liked design and art at that point. But what I loved about it was like, I got to meet all these designers in Japan that worked with my dad and they knew I was interested in design and then being closer in age to me, <laughs> my father, even they were able to say, welcome to Tokyo. I want to show you some things that you're really going to like if you're a designer, you know what I mean? And like blew my mind, you know? Um, but my whole life, my father always nurtured being creative. He, first and foremost, I love the fact that he understand the value of being creative and how important that was to bring to the table, being creative and that you can, you can make a living doing this. You can do really well doing this, you know? And 
he recognized early that I love to draw just like he did. So like so many dads that, um, you know, work on cars together or like do whatever dads do with their children, <laughs> me and my dad would draw and paint and like do all these things, you know, um, which was a bond for us, you know. And it's cool to see now that now that I'm a dad, I have a two, you know, our son Lucas two, he just turned two. Um, I try to draw and I try to, um, you know, we read a lot. He loves books, which I'm really thankful for. Um, but what's really cool is to see my father now. Um, he really nurtures Luca as well. And like uh, Luca and my dad just started painting together. Like they, my, my son is like really loves watercolors. <laughs> and it's purely because my dad is poppy has introduced him to watercolors and I see them in the chair painting watercolors That's together. So and I'm like, dude, this is, it's just, it's super special. And uh, so, yeah, like, and, and the fact that my son is now in a, in a family where, you know, I'm a designer, my wife's a designer, my mom's an artist, my dad's an illustrator. Uh, you know, it's like, um, I mean, even his other grandparents are both creative people um, in their own rights. Um, Watch, he'll become a farmer. Honestly, I hope so. Like I try, it's so much simpler, man. Like it's so much easier. Farm those <laughs> Iowa potatoes. Dude, yeah. dude, just hop them. Well, I'll say this. The dude loves tractors. Like I'm not, he loves, he's, uh, I, I don't know what it is. I'm like newsflash. I am not like a, a car truck guy at all. Same. Right. Like I've never had any interest. I don't know what it is. And especially like, I always thought like little boys got into that kind of stuff because they get around like other little boys and then they're just like influenced by like peer pressure and stuff. We've been in isolation for 18 months. He doesn't see a lot of other children at all, but like just in his DNA, it's like trucks, tires, oh, semi-truck. They're wired to see one and just vroom, without even knowing. Yeah, my son's obsessed with Hot Wheels. He knows combines, freaking everything, rollers, all kinds of rigs, comp harvesters, all construction equipment. He can name them all off. I'm like okay, back hoes. Now I know all of them too. So but that's what's crazy. Now I'm like, like, well, I'll say, oh, look at that digger over there. And he goes, no, 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 that's an ex that's excavator or whatever. Yeah, exactly. excavator, dad. That's an excavator. I'm like, okay, I'm, I was testing you. I was testing you. It's it's crazy. My, I'm like, that's a backhoe, buddy. My wife's like, what are you talking about, hoes? What are you? Yeah, there you, you no, better watch your language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's I know. He he loves fire trucks also, but when he says fire truck. It does not sound like fire truck, uh, and, you know, uh, so, you know, it's kind of, it's like you, when you're in public and he's talking about fire trucks, you kind of got to be like, I promise he's, you know, he's not, you know, but even fire though, engines now fire engines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one thing I also uh, find really important that a lot of people I brought on the show, they found a lot of success by hiring themselves through personal passion projects. And I've seen a lot of that with you. And I'm like, dude, this dude's insane. He's been doing Sunday Suns, which I would love for you to talk about, but through this initiative of like taking initiative, doing something that interests you, that is a weird thing that you're fond of or your passions, your values, your beliefs, whatever it is. And I would love if we can somehow extract some type of actionable tips and takeaways of the power of hiring yourself for your work, how that's like really benefited you, how that's led to Sunday Suns, and then more above all else, like how do you make intentional focus time to play outside of being a dad, having a studio, all these deadlines that you have, you know, here, there's 17 questions. Can you just answer all that, please? There you go. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. Like there's uh, and I will fully admit that 
you know, pre having a child, um, my personal project and like, you know, specifically what you're talking about Sunday sons, it, it was a lot easier <laughs> before the kids entered the fray. Right. However, I also recognize, um, how valuable and important it is to, to me personally and to my practice to be able to, to find an excuse in time to play. I, um, why is that? I have, Cause all, I am yeah. just this year in the last two years since going self-employed and all in the coaching lane. Cause that's what brings in the most money. I lost sight of how to play and I'm like re tapping into it in Q4. I'm like, wow, you know, I don't need my art to make money. I need it to be a better creative in my business. And that's so exactly, I've like learned the hard way of neglecting it. No, you're, you know, I, and that has a lot to do with it. I mean, and I talked about it in the, in the book to an extent on why I started in the first place. And it's something that I find myself, you know, reevaluating all the time is that, you know, uh, we all, for me at least, design or let's just say making art has always been incredibly therapeutic. Art has been a therapy for me for my whole life in some way or another. It, it has created an opportunity and it's created an environment for me a lot of times where I can kind of, um, find kind of my little moment of Zen, you know, where I can kind of shut down a lot of things and I can focus. I think there's so much incredible value to being able to just like stop what you're doing, work with your hands for a little bit and allow you to be a little bit more introspective and, and kind of work through some things internally. And so when I started the project, I was finding myself in kind of a, I was in a creative rub, but I was also sort of just like kind of, kind of, kind of dealing with some depressive tendencies that I needed to figure out how to get out of. And those are a result of, um, you know, client work getting beaten down and like, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, sometimes some of the stuff we make becomes personal to us. And when it doesn't work out, that's a bummer. I needed to create an opportunity where I could make things for myself and no one else. And it was an opportunity to, to, to create some kind of uh, therapeutic opportunities for myself to just kind of focus and be a little more introspective. But then it also is allowing myself, like you said, an opportunity to play. But what play is creating for yourself, as much as it is an opportunity to play and find joy in the thing you, you do, um, it also is creating a platform to allow yourself to practice. And I think we forget that what we do, it's so, it's, and you know, you and I follow fall into the category of the small Venn diagram of designers who are also into sports and athletics in some way, you know? Rare breeds. It was like a the weird creative hybrid in school. It's like you're either like football jock or you're like the artsy fartsy. And I was like, I get both worlds. I know. Weird world that like somehow I was the captain of the football team, but then also like I would bring my pink haired friends to the parties, you know what I mean? From all my art classes, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, I, I love that diversity. And, um, and for me though, it's like, like finding opportunities to practice because that's what I wanted this Sunday Sun project to also be for me was a, a venue to try new mediums, to try new ways of telling stories, to try new ways of creating marks, to find a way to, how can I get faster at my craft? Because I am, it's not like I'm getting more time in life. I'm getting less time. How can I get better at just coming up with ideas faster? You know, and it's, it's the, it's that, it's that analogy of, you know, um, you know, baseball players, you know, are in the, in the, in the, in the batter's box warming up with the weight on their back and they're swinging it and swinging it so that when they actually get up to a live ball, 
that bat feels like a feather. And this project is essentially a bat wave, you know? It is, it's creating a, a venue for me to practice. It's creating a venue for me to just have fun and play with no deadlines, no, no briefs, no anything other than you just got to post it sometimes within the 24 hours of the day on a Sunday. Um, and that has been so reassuring for my, 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 my practice in my studio and, and my day-to-day -day designing. You know, it's, it's always such a bummer when you get something rejected or they go a direction you didn't want them to. The sting of that is a little less knowing that I get to make something for myself later on in this week. It's going to be okay, you know? And there was some really, really valuable things there um, when I started introducing this project. Um, it's still, it's hard, like, especially now with a kid, every week I'm like, oh shit, when am I going to do that this week? Because on Sunday we have this at this time, and then we got to go do this at that time. Where, you know, pre-kids it was like, oh, I'll wake up early and do it, and then, then we'll go have our day, and I can come back and finish it later. No, you have to really start to figure out time. And it, it, it boils down to discipline, you know? And for me, you talked about, you know, having a schedule and how, how important those routines are for you. I'm the same way. Like if I'm, on, if I'm ever like, I remember, you know, back in the day, remember when we all used to be able to go on vacations. Like if I was ever away too long, I started getting itchy. Cause I was like, I need my, I need my routine again. You know what I mean? And, and so it's like, for me having a routine and, and injecting, like trying to very intentionally be, uh, have discipline in the way I work that like, I don't know, there's something incredibly, um, important to that for me. Um, even in the confines of being free and exploring, I think creating rules and structure for yourself to then achieve a goal is, is really important. It's like creative strengths, constraints still within the realm of play becomes purposeful play. And what's, awesome what i'm learning when you carve out time for it you don't know what it's going to turn into hence fast forward so can you spread out this timeline like i know but when did this start and how many sundays in a row have you done so people can realize just how big of a psycho you are and then be blown away about uh like what it turned into you know because you, you what, like you never know what your play is going to turn into it's planting seeds 100 percent, it is it, it it started in may of 2015 and it literally just started with me kind of making a little sun and exploring very early on a Sunday morning after kind of a rough week. And um, I, uh, I posted it on Instagram as kind of just like a, um, kind of holding myself account accountable in some regard. I had no idea if I was going to do this for a month or six months or a year. I had no idea what I would do. And so, um, so I, my only real rule was it was, you know, you have to, you have to create, create one and post it on a Sunday. And, um, I, you know, I also like the, the idea that it was a sun, it's a play on words, of course, but it's also like, I wanted a little more positivity in my life, you know, like I wanted to be around things that are a little more positive, you know, it's, um, you know, if you, if you, if you sit in a barber chair long enough, you're eventually going to get a haircut, you know what I mean? And it's like, if you're, if you're around positive actions and positive people and positive situations, eventually things are going to get a little more positive for you, you know, like attracts like, right. And so, so it's, it's, and so now I've been doing it, you know, we're what, six and a half years. I think I'm on like three thirty-six, three. So that's 336 straight Sundays of, of making something for myself. And, um, and then, you know, here about a year and a half, two years ago, um, the publisher counterprint, which is 
a publisher out of just outside of London. They approached me and wanted to do something together. And they actually threw out a few ideas and the top one being, we'd love to turn this personal passion project of yours into a collection and do a book. They pitched you on your own passion project. They, they had lots of, there were several ideas on what potentially we could do together maybe. And that was, that was one of them. And, um, and I really, really, um, I thought that this was a good time to do that. You know, uh, I was excited about that. And so, um, it also matters. There's, uh, I'll be honest, there's another publisher that was talking to me about doing something as well. And they wanted to turn it into something I like totally wasn't stoked about. Like I thought it just didn't feel, um, authentic to what I was doing. And so when counterprint showed up, I was so beyond excited because a, um, John and Celine who run that, I, I, I can, I, 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 I hold them to the highest of regards. I think they make some of the best design books that are being produced in the world. Go Bucks, by the way. I'm a Bucks fan. Yeah, oh yeah, there you go. I, I yeah, C Counterprint makes the best, I think some of the best graphic design and art books that are, that are being made out there. I love that they're a smaller publisher. I love that they're a husband and wife team. I relate to that. Um, and they had a really, really strong, strong vision and um it was exciting to work with them and it you know due to covid it ended up taking a lot longer because it was like well we don't want to you know it, it was actually <laughs> it was actually originally set to release like three days before the 2020 election and i was like we cannot release this positive book <laughs> three days before the u.s election <laughs> I was like, no matter what the outcome is, it's going to get swallowed up by whatever happens. And so there was the second, I think that was the second pushback. It then got pushed back into 2021. Um, I think it was originally going to come out maybe 2019 and then COVID it and then like or early 20, you know, early 2020. Um, anywho, um, it was, it, it was like you, I had no intention, zero intention that this little personal, you know, this little passion project of mine would become a, become a book like that was by no means it was purely about trying to um to feel a little better to get a little better and to put something out there that was a little better and um and then then this is just you know gravy on top right uh, it's just it's just incredible so how much time did you put into these you had to carve out some kind of constraint you know i was kind of wrap things up i want to like officially talk about the book too, where we can get it. But how much time did you put into each one of these as a constraint? Did you give yourself a constraint with your purposeful play? I did. The original goal was I wanted to try to give myself only between one and two hours was kind of the goal. And, um, and I try to stick to that. Some of these look like they took way longer. And some of them did like, and some of them, like there's some in there where I ended up making like giant masks that I wear. And then there's some that I would like carve out of wood, or then there were some I would make. Yes. So there's definitely several of them in there that, that took substantially more time, you know? And, and it honestly, it kind of came down to like week by week. Like if I had a Sunday that was like kind of open and I was like, and everybody can relate to this. Like I was kind of feeling it. I was like, Oh man, I'm like in a good headspace for like making something right now. Like I'm going to, I'm going to spend the day. I'm going to spend half a day doing it. You know what I mean? Um, like I want to do that. Um, but then there's other days everybody know, can relate to where I'm like, um, it's 6am. I have to be in the shower by seven 30 because we have to be somewhere by nine or something, you know? And even I'm like, what can I do? I have an hour and a half. Like, what can I do? And like, 
I think we've all been in that situation. And it's like, I, I will just try to lean on my strengths. What am I good at here? What can I know I can succeed with in an hour or whatever? And you try, you try to do that, you know? And what I also love about it, when I scroll through the web, the Sunday Sun website, or I look, you know, just, just at them through the book or whatever is, and I don't, and I don't expect people to feel, you know, be able to fully understand this, but it definitely is like feels almost like a diary or a journal for me personally, you know, I bet you can look back at that moment and be like, Oh, I remember that day. That yep. day sucked. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Like I can remember but this made it good. Yeah. Like I can remember where I was physically, like maybe a lot of these were done when I was traveling somewhere. And so like, Oh, I remember drawing that one here, or I can remember, you know, being wherever, um, or even like emotionally, I remember where I was like, Oh, I can remember, you know, um, you know, there's one that, you know, I photographed the morning my, you know, after my son was born and like, you know, at the hospital, you know? And so like, you know, there's just all these like really fun moments, um, that I can, I can feel when I, when I look through it and, and I see, you know, different travels and different, um, you know, people and different, and, it, and it's a very collaborative, even though it's a personal project, like I collaborated substantially on this. I mean, uh, first and foremost, my wife, who's an amazing designer, um, she looks at everyone I do and gives me the thumbs up or the, I think we could get that a little better here. You know what I mean? And everything I do is, is improved because of her. And, but it did, it also was, you know, collaborations with my mom, my mom and I made a couple together and like, you know, friends would help me screen print or friends would help me build something or like, it's just a great opportunity to collaborate with, with people that you love too. So where can people go to get this book? And I'll make sure to take it all in the um, show notes. And I want to give a book away. You can, you can get directly from the publisher. I think that's always a great place, which is counterprint. Um, if you look, if you Google counterprint, um, first and foremost, you'll buy, you're going to try to buy every book that they, they make. Um, but you can buy it from counterprint. And then we have a few, which you're looking at here. We have a few on our website as well, which is carpentercollective.com. Um, you can buy them, buy them either place. Yeah. It's been, it's been a super fun and a very unexpected, um, project for sure. Well, I will definitely be plugging it and we will find a way to give it away somehow. So yeah, listen man. to that in the outro. But I really, really, really appreciate your time today. And I have plenty of nice little McValue nuggets that I can take away and inject here. So um, where can people go to find you online and support you? Oh, absolutely, man. You um, you can find me on Instagram, which is just Tad Carpenter. Uh, my studio is Carpenter Collective. Uh, I think it's the same on, same on Twitter. And then our studio website is um, carpentercollective.com. Um, and then the Sunday Sun website is, um, I think it's sunday-suns.com as well. You can see see that whole collection there. Um, and yeah, man, what are, do you, any other questions? You can go for it. You can you we can we can tell more stories. We can. I would actually anything. be down for a round two sometime. Yeah, man, that'd be great. That'd be super cool. I'll have a million questions, but I also <laughs> want to respect your time and my editor's time. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again. And yeah, let's keep in touch. And maybe one day I can talk some smack with another like Kansas City Bucks game or something. We don't have any sports big team in Iowa. So, you know, I got to find something. 
I know, man. Well, hey, man, there was all those rumors about, you know, Kansas joining the Big Ten. So it's like, it's like, man, that, that would then bring, you know, us up to Iowa a little more. You don't want this smoke. You no, don't want exactly, this right? All we got is a run game, maybe a play action here and there, there but yeah, at least it's really, really fun to tailgate. That's what I hear. Um, I hear it's a good stadium for sure. Ooh, it's a lot of fun. But uh, maybe Cropper Creative South next year. Like, yeah. I'm going to both of those. I need this. So maybe I'll, I'll run into there and uh, treat you to a slice or something. Oh, dude, I would love that, man. Let's hope we, uh, let's hope we can start seeing people in person a little bit more in the, uh, in the next year. Fingers crossed. I have hope. But uh, thanks, man. Let's keep in touch. Cheers, man. Thanks. Peace. All right, fam. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between Tad Carpenter of Carpenter Collective and myself. It's been a long time in the making, Tad. Thank you so much again for your time. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen finally. And I would love to do a round two. But for you, if you found value in what Tad had to say today, do what you do best. Go blow him up on Instagram. Share with him your biggest takeaway. Go buy his merch. Go buy his books. Um, Also, the giveaway. Let's see. I don't even have it in my notes. Let's freestyle this one. Let's make this super, super simple. I'm going to have two copies of this to give away. So if you could simply share the show on your Instagram and just tag me and Tad. You know, it's already the favor that I ask each week. Let's just make it super easy. I'm going to pick two of you randomly uh, put you in a little bit of a drawing, and I will contact you. So share this before uh, the following next week's episode. Let me pull up the link real quick. Okay, so this is coming out December 15th. So let's go by Tuesday, December 21st. Please submit and share this episode if you hear it. And I'll announce a winner uh, later that evening, Tuesday, the 21st. Sometime in that evening, I will announce something. I will contact you, and yeah, I'll get a hold of you. I promise. So thank you. That's all you got to do. Share the show, tag me and Tad, and I will contact you. Do this before Tuesday, December 21st. And then finally, you can find the full episode information containing all links and resources and references in the show notes within your current podcast listening app. And last but not least, if you're looking for the next steps for growing a creative, profitable side hustle, I encourage you to download your free side hustle growth resource over at sidehustlefreedomtoolkit.com. A link is in the show notes. This toolkit is loaded with guides that will help you master your time and reduce guesswork, build an engaged community around your work, hone your craft, charge more, and make an impact. It also includes sampler brushes and exercises for my best-selling digital ink brushes for Procreate and the Side Hustlers Handbook mini course. Again, download this for free at sidehustlefreedomtoolkit.com. And as I sign off, I want to give a huge shout out to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bacher, social media coordinator, Hannah Schick, and Nick Jenkins of Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear in this show. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to continue to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work and keep creating. You got this.